Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. So I'm on the road again this week. (laughs) What else is new? I told myself I wasn't going to go anywhere for the rest of the year because I really need to be grounded and just chill, but something came up. It's not really traveling. I'm going to LA this week. I feel like LA isn't really traveling. I, I still feel like I live there half the time. It's so close. It's like two hours, depending on traffic. Two hours if I leave at the right time, four hours if it's in the middle of the day. I am going up for some events that happen to all be like on the same few days. So it's a really quick trip and um, very packed schedule. And I'm doing some podcast recordings as well while I'm up there. So I'm excited to just go up, get some work done, figure out what's going on, and then come back, back home. I just really want to be grounded for a bit, but I am excited for some of the events. I am going to Founder Made, which I didn't hear about until recently from my friend Kaylee, Kaylee Clark, who's been on the podcast many times, and she's going up. Her and Danielle from ClearStem are going up to check out some of the products that will be featured in the companies and a few of our other friends are going. So I'll be up there for Founder Made and then there's an event with Ned. So all kinds of fun things happening. Kaylee and Danielle are two of my favorite people, not only because they are badass businesswomen, but I'm just so sensitive to energy and they have some of the best energies in the world and they just always make me feel so good when I'm around them. It's like infectious. So I just love hanging out with them. They totally recharge me and it's just like all the good vibes. And of course, their magical products from Clear Stem, the Cell Renew, the Clarity, the Vitamin Scrub, The Gentle Clean, these are all such amazing products that I know so many of you have fallen in love with as well. And I just love hearing testimonials from you guys about how much these products have changed your life. And I think ClearStem is such an amazing company because they really do combine the Eastern and Western medicine approaches because they are a non-toxic skincare company that is really results-oriented, so focusing on anti-acne and anti-aging products. And pretty much everyone I know either wants anti-aging benefits or anti-acne benefits. That means preventing and eliminating the signs of acne and aging. And they're so easy to add into your skincare routine already. So the Cell Renew is the collagen infusion serum that seriously everyone needs 
all you need to do is apply this to clean skin. You really want to shake it up. There are no junk fillers or binders in there so it can separate naturally. Shake it up and then apply a few pumps all over your face and massage it into your skin for about 30 seconds. The massage motion is really best for maximum results because the circulation will increase healing and you can apply it to your whole face, your lips, your neck, um, just not your eyelids. And this is just amazing for fading scars, fading any marks left behind after breakouts. Also amazing for anti-aging, calming. The collagen stem cells are just game changers and just totally designed to drastically improve the appearance of your complexion. It is just so calming and moisturizing without leaving you oily. It just plumps up the skin. I think this is so great for really dry skin types because it gives you a lot of extra moisture, but also amazing for oily skin types. I have oily skin and I love this because it hydrates me without making me oily. And so good for sunburns or post facial treatment, like if you get a laser done or a peel, microdermabrasion, microneedling, apply this. If you have any type of trauma or inflammation on your face or even your neck, your chest, your body, apply the clear stem. I even apply this to fresh scars or cuts that have just healed up on the rest of my body to help them go away faster. But it has really gentle healing ingredients like that bioavailable collagen, saw palmetto, reishi mushroom, frankincense, vitamin B5, and more. And then if you want something that's a little bit stronger, that's really going to smooth out your skin, resurface it, you want to go for the Clarity. That's the AHA, PHA, Mandelic Acid Serum. If you're using this, this is what you would want to apply right after you wash your face and let it sit for 15 to 30 minutes. Do something else. Let it do its job. Eat away at that top layer of skin. Um, you won't feel it. Don't worry. It's not, you know what I mean. It just really helps to exfoliate and get rid of that that top layer that you, you don't want anymore. This is why it's so amazing for getting rid of acne and scarring and helping your skin look brighter, healthier, free of any blemishes, free of those lines and wrinkles. This is really the change maker. That's why an acid is so powerful in your routine. Start by using this just once or twice a week, and then you can bump it up to maybe every other night and then maybe every night. But you want to work your way up because this is you know, stronger. It's an acid, but this is what makes the change. And after you've applied that, let it work for 15 to 30 minutes, then you could apply the Cell Renew on top to really just lock everything in. I also use this as a spot treatment. So if I have a big zit coming, I will put the Clarity on top. Um, and it's like invisible, so you can't even tell you a spot treatment on, but the acid will really work away at that top layer and help it go away so much faster, especially those really stubborn zits. This is the move. And of course, if you're looking for some amazing cleansers, no matter what your skin type is, the vitamin scrub is really great if you love a gentle scrub that includes some clay and those smoothing particles so you can remove any of the oil, face makeup, any other impurities, and just work on that texture a little bit. And the beads are really gentle, so it's not rough like a lot of other scrubs. Or and or you could use a gentle clean which is the vitamin infused calming wash this is also great for all skin types i love that this really really cleans my skin and doesn't leave it dry afterwards like a lot of other cleansers do and it totally gets rid of all of your makeup so you don't need any additional cleansing products so those are staples in my routine 
Your skin will look and feel so fresh and smooth and bright with these products. You are going to love it. So if you want to test out Clearstem Skincare, you can go to clearstemskincare.com and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for $15 off your purchase of $40 or more. Again, that's clearstemskincare.com and my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you $15 off your purchase. And on the website is also where you can find their list of pore clogging ingredients. If you do struggle with acne and can't figure out why you're still breaking out, compare your skincare and makeup to that pore clogging ingredient list. So now that we've talked about healing your skin, what about healing your your body, your overall health? Today's guest is someone who I think you'll find very interesting, Melissa Hennig. Melissa is the author of the book Raw Paleo, and I originally started following her a few years ago when I started getting interested in the Raw Paleo diet and when I was getting interested in consuming raw meat. My NTP at the time recommended I check out Melissa's content for some more information, and so I learned a lot from her. And I never did the full Raw Paleo diet, but I do enjoy eating raw meat. I still eat raw meat to this day. Um, I just don't post about it as often because I just kind of, I don't even post that much of my food that often, honestly. But I love some raw meat. And I feel like Melissa was kind of the main person talking about this in the paleo space in the last few recent years. And now she's shifted a lot. She talks about all things just wild living, herbs, nutrition, nature. She loves herbal medicine and is a really great resource about that. And she also talks about conscious parenting. So she doesn't talk as much about the raw paleo diet, but she is a great resource for it. And I wanted to chat with her a little bit about her experience and the why behind raw paleo. And I think a lot of you guys will find this super interesting. I loved chatting with Melissa and getting her perspective and learned a few interesting things from her. I think you guys are going to She's talking about rotten meat. Um, these people do this rotten meat thing. You'll find out in the episode. It's very interesting. Um, so I had a lot of fun chatting with her. She's so sweet. And you guys should definitely check her out on Instagram at Melissa Hennig. So if you are interested in learning more about the raw paleo diet, why someone would eat raw meat, why raw dairy could have some health benefits, why Melissa shifted from a vegan diet to a raw paleo diet and much more, then this episode is for you. And you can also find more from Melissa at rawpaleo.com. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into this chat with Melissa Hennig. Thank you again for coming on the show. I've been so excited to talk with you. I've been following you for a long time. Um, I found you a couple years ago when I was working with an NTP and she was getting me into eating raw meat. And so she sent me to you um, and I was just reading your blog and started following you and I just love everything you put out there. But for people who are listening and might not know you, can you just give a brief introduction for yourself? Sure. So I started on the raw food diet about 10 years ago and I started out raw vegan and, you know, I was so on fire. Like all I posted about was energy, energy. I was, I, had so, I slept so good and all, you know, it was this great 
thing that I found and I started preaching it. And then like I changed my whole thing around after a year and I started incorporating some raw meat, raw eggs, raw tons of raw dairy. The reason why I did switch it around is because I started noticing a lot of deficiencies. Um, I was bruising really easily and my muscle mass, I was just kind of feeling weaker and what else? I was always bloated. So I was starving and eating mounds of kale and then a big pile of dates and then nuts, you know? And so I was like, something wasn't working. And so I switched, I turned that, turned around and like flipped the whole thing to this diet called raw paleo. Mm -hmm. And so I had all these vegan followers that got really mad at me because now I'm eating, I'm eating their friends raw, which is really (laughs) weird, you know? So then, um, so then I did that for years and I still do that. But you know, then I got pregnant and I've definitely eaten much more cooked food these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm not 100% raw. I still fully support it, believe in it and eat a cooked food too, like Weston A. Price style or paleo. And um, I'm into a bunch of things like a holistic approach, you know, a lot of nature and walking barefoot and sunning and that kind of thing. Yes, I love it. All the grounding, all the all the plants, all the healing plants. I love it all. But I have so many questions about your your journey with like these different raw diets. And I'm curious, what got you interested in raw vegan to begin with? Oh, okay. So I was in Chicago living like just in the city. And I randomly went to Whole Foods and there was a class. It was a raw vegan class. It was only 20 bucks. And I took it. And I was so inspired because the ladies in there were all glowing and they were just talking about their energy and all these great health benefits. I've always loved health benefits. So then I literally took this class and the next day I woke up and I ordered the dehydrator, the Vitamix, like all these things I needed. And I became raw vegan overnight. (laughs) I do that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just I found out about that diet when I was just I went to a class. So classes are, classes are a good thing. <laughs> they are. Well, it's interesting because, so I've never been vegan. I feel like a lot of most, I feel like most people who wind up eating a more Western, a price style diet, like went through a vegan phase, but I, ne- I never did. And I look at people who have, have done that. And, and so my friends and I'm like, it's a lot of work. Like, it seems like a lot of work. Like, all the vegetables you have to cook and, the de- like, the dehydrator. Like, did you do juicing? Yeah, all of it. It's a lot of cutting up vegetables. I-, I think about that, like, how much time it takes. Yeah, that sounds exhausting, but you stuck with it because the energy? Yeah, I stuck with it because I was-, I was feeling really good. And then, like, once I started it, I, I got this idea to move to California because if I'm going to be raw vegan, I need fresh food at my fingertips and I was living in Chicago that wasn't going to work so then like you know it brought me over to California which actually was a great catalyst (laughs) oh yeah I mean you have to be vegan in California right (laughs) how were you eating before um well I grew up pretty healthy my mom would make up carrot juice for the neighbors and we ate salad low fat that's what we thought was healthy Mm -hmm. like low fat salads and things and we juiced so yeah it wasn't like a drastic. I I didn't come from a terrible background. Okay. So then when you flipped over to raw paleo, this is interesting. Okay. So what like inspired that? So that, so there was a store in Venice beach, California called Rossum. 
I don't know if you remember that. It got raided a couple of years ago and got shut down, but they wait, had... Wait, was that Revolution? Did they change it to Revolution? Oh, no, that was another little restaurant they had there. Oh, okay. That was my favorite restaurant, but I haven't been, <laughs> I haven't heard of Rossum, but continue. Okay, so Rossum was a store where everyone there ate raw meat and raw dairy, and everything was shipped in from the Amish in Pennsylvania, and there was, like, all these, like, underground things. It was this, like, underground private little club you had to be a part of, and I, I found out about it, and I would go there and buy everything vegan, like their coconuts and all their almond butters and all these things, but as I started going everyone there kept telling me the health benefits of eating the meat and I'm missing zinc and all these B vitamins. And so they, and then I was noticing the, the deficiencies as they're like preaching this other diet to me. And so I remained open and just, I remember I took someone, one of the employees made steak tartare there and I took, I had a bite of it and it felt so good. And it was like soft, like almost like tuna or something and I remember being like oh this is so good I, I, I like scarfed the thing like after I that bet. first bite <laughs> yeah I was really hooked and then ever since that guy made me that steak tartare that's been it so did you have any problems like switching because I feel like a lot of people who are raw vegan they start to feel like crap but then they're they're afraid to switch because they know that the vegans are going to come after them and becomes this like identity moral crisis but you don't seem to have dealt with that at all (laughs) yeah you're right I, I, I didn't. I actually, I was so into it for the health benefits. Okay. I was really like, you know, like loving the energy and all those things. So I never really got into the ethical side. So it was pretty easy for me to start eating meat again. Okay. And I mean, were, so were you getting a lot of hate from the vegans following you? Or like, how did that go? Yeah, yeah, that was bad. I remember Facebook and all, I don't even think Instagram was around. This was so long ago. Mm-hmm. But mostly just on Facebook, and they get they get so mad, like posting all this PETA stuff and photos of dead animals with blood, and you know, like really graphic stuff. And then eventually, they just stop following me, or I blocked people. Do you feel like people get more offended by the raw meat than the cooked meat? Because I think that's very interesting. Because when I started posting about raw meat, I got all this hate, and I'm like, how is this? I was always eating animal products. Like, I don't I don't really get it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just so uncommon. People aren't used to seeing raw meat. They're so afraid of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fear around any raw chicken or raw anything raw. There, there's this big fear. So, yeah, they probably don't like it. Well, can we, like, break that down a little bit? Like, why people are afraid of that and if that is unfounded? Yeah, I mean, it's just the way we we grew up, you know, we're just all the pack people like in the packaging and everything. They're always like, wash your hands, do you ever eat raw meat or touch it? You know, if you ever touch it when you're cooking, there's this big thing. Like people always ask me, like, do you use the same cutting board for your raw meat? And I'm like, yeah, because I it's so it breaks down to it goes down to like sourcing. Mm -hmm. I drive to the farm. I shake the farmer's hand. I see the cows. They're grass fed and grass finished all the way through. You know, it's really clean food and clean animals produce clean food. It's super simple. And sick animals produce sick food. And so it comes down to, you know, I think people just don't you know, other countries, they're really open to raw meat dishes. Mm-hmm. Every country has a staple. 
like steak tartare or carpaccio, there's always something. And we're the only ones that have so much fear around it, but there is a lot of factory farming here and bad farming practices that do. I mean, if there are, if there is bacteria on the meat, the, the microbes are going to mutate. Like when they're eating grains and they're standing in poop up into their knees and they're sick, yeah, that, that could be meat to be afraid of. And so that's all people know, you know. So once I introduce them to really clean farms and clean food, there's not as much fear around it. Mm -hmm. Did you have any fear around it when you first started eating raw meat? Uh, I guess I didn't because I saw so many people doing it. Like this was the group where they're literally having potlucks and everyone brings a raw meat dish. I mean, there's, they, I started to get really desensitized to it. I went there for about six months all the time, as much as I could. I love this little store. So I had time to really know. I saw them eating it. I saw how strong and healthy they looked and it removed a lot of the fear. It's interesting how the the whole raw meat thing is such this underground thing. Like I like I remember when I was getting into it too. I, I asked my NTP. I was like, okay, how do I get good sourcing? And she goes, oh, you can apply to be in this group. And she sent me the link. And you had to like take a quiz and then get interviewed to like have access to their to their raw meat. And I was like, this is really intense. Or like, there's um, oh, I forget the name of it, but there's this restaurant in Los Angeles that's like, uh beyond five money signs it's so expensive on yelp and you have to be invited and they only serve raw meat and you have to be invited into the restaurant and it's like hidden the location's hidden um i need to look up the name but i'm just like why is this i think just because it's so underground like that that creates also fear around it that's true I mean, I remember meeting so many people in alleys just to get my dairy. I'd be like this whole, like, eat here in the dark and pick up your raw milk, you know? I felt like we're not doing ourselves any favors by acting like we need to hide it. Yeah, and it's not like it's some weird drug or something, you know? It's just, like, totally nutritious food it's it's very backwards like a lot of things are yeah I think also though for me that was kind of part of the appeal like I like doing things that are different and like (laughs) it makes it feel exciting and I was like oh wow this is like an underground movement it's so but it makes so much sense like when you think about all like so many other cultures have been eating raw animal products for so long and in other countries it's not weird at all or if I go get sushi no one thinks that's weird and that's probably horribly sourced half the places I go. Yet if you eat raw meat, people think you're crazy. I know. Well, so many more people are coming around to this diet, though. Really? Like, well, because of the paleo movement. Because people are so into paleo and then they're so into sourcing it really clean food. Like mm-hmm. that's like the number one thing. So then like it kind of clicks like, oh, wow, yeah, like I probably should try this raw too. So, so it is like starting to... Have movement. That's interesting. Yeah, I well, I remember when I first was looking into it because I was like, okay, new idea. And I went on Reddit and a bunch of other random forums, and I found all these people had like confessionals. They were like, I've never told anyone, but I eat raw meat all the time, and I feel amazing. I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> so many people secretly do this. Oh, um, that's- <laughs> it's hilarious, but. Let's talk about, like, what? Are, why would someone eat raw animal products? Like, why would someone eat raw paleo? What are the benefits? Yeah, well, so the guy, have you heard of Ogenus Vonderplanets? 
he he wrote like the main book. Okay. Okay. So so this guy was really really sick. He had blood cancer, bone cancer, like autism, everything wrong with him, and the doctors couldn't find out. And no, there were no answers at all. No one had an answer for him, and so he thought he wanted to kill himself. And he was like, "I'm just gonna eat all this raw meat and get so sick, I'm gonna die." And he ended up the next day like never feeling so good in his life. Like he woke up and was like, "Oh my gosh, like I feel great." I'm here. It was a miracle that happened. So he wrote the. the this book and he's got a bunch of stories in there too he's healed his son with raw butter and raw honey under the tongue like every day there's all these remedies and stories it's it's a kind of he's like the pioneer of this diet and this was probably 35 40 years ago and he lived in venice beach and that's how like that club got started okay that makes sense yeah and all these like things and so so like that it was like very interesting like he, so I learned a lot of most of what I know through his books, which you would probably be interested in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so raw meat is just like any, like a raw vegetable or and anything raw has a natural enzymes and natural bacteria on it. And so you're getting like, you're building your microbiome if you eat raw vegetables, raw sour cream, raw meat. So that's another way to like bring in so many different microbes. So that's one reason I really like the probiotic effects and I have this term I say, don't denature nature, because when it, when it's fresh and it's straight from nature, like this cow, when, it, when the milk, when it comes straight from the cow, like I don't see any reason to change the chemical structure mm-hmm. of the proteins and the fats, because any extreme heat or extreme cold is going to change that food. It's no longer in its original nature-made state. And so, like, the healing potential of the raw meat and raw dairy is so much greater. It's not that people get sick on cooked food or anything, but they're not going to heal as fast. And the raw proteins and the amino acids and the raw fats and in the meat really help regenerate and rebuild tissues. And, um, like, the raw dairy is really good for circulation and um, I'm kind of getting off track and moisturizing and lubricating. So the raw fat and the, and the raw meat is the, it's basically raw protein and raw fat. That's so healthy and healing and regenerated, regenerating. What about the, like the digestion aspect of it? Yeah. I mean, for me, it digests great. It has enzymes. Mm-hmm. So raw meat's alive. It has enzymes just like the, the vegetables do. When people talk about a raw food diet, it's got all these like same health benefits. And one of the main things is enzymes. And so for digestion, you don't need nearly as much. So just a little bit of raw meat goes a long way. Like I could eat so much more cooked meat than I can raw meat. And for digestion, I notice it's really portion size. Like when I overeat, I could be on the floor like, bending over in pain. It's just like overeating. Mm-hmm. And so I never overeat on this diet. It's like really small portions. That helps a lot with digestion. And then when I make steak tartare, I always put some ginger or some raw mustard or some spice that's always going to help digest it. Or even a little bit of raw sour cream on fat, like the fat will help digest it. Um, for you know, It's such a personal experience too because – it's so great, but if you've never had raw meat, like I know you've had it, but some people are like, "Oh my gosh, I could never digest that." And I'll be like, "Have you had it?" And they're like, "No," you know. So, yeah. well, that's originally why 
my nutritionist had suggested it to me because I was having really bad digestive issues and she said you should really try eating raw meat because it just digests so much easier mm-hmm. and so then I, I remember the first time I tried it and I immediately like same thing I, I could cut my my portion size in half and I could get you know full much quicker I didn't need as much but it it I could literally feel it like go through my system so much easier and I I had so much energy like right after it was insane mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A lot of energy from the B vitamins. I tell people not to eat steak tar for dinner because yeah. they, they can't sleep, eat it for lunch. No, the, and that's what happened to me too because I had it for dinner and I was like, I can't eat I can't eat dinner too close to like too late because I have too much energy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's awesome. It was so interesting. Um, so let's talk about the the dairy more because I don't really talk about dairy much. I don't personally eat dairy, but when you know, whenever I recommend it to people, always you know, raw, um, organic, grass fed, etc. But like, tell me more about dairy benefits and why you include the raw dairy. Yeah, I mean, dairy is so that's most of my calories is raw dairy. Um, probably 60 to 70% all day long. I'm eating raw cheese, raw cottage cheese, raw milk smoothies, um, with kefir. So that's like huge for our family to like, we live on raw dairy and there's a lot of calcium. It's really good for the bones and teeth. So there's just such a difference. Like raw dairy and pasteurized dairy are not the same food at all. Like pasteurized dairy leaches calcium from the bones and, and the raw dairy is a really good source of calcium. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's so good for the skin. There's the fat soluble vitamins, A, D, K2. Um, it's really good for hormones, manufacturing and balancing hormones, like the raw butter. I, I, I eat probably more than a pound a week, just myself, like spoonfuls of raw butter. And like, so you're, so I, I'm 41 and, you know, I just had my baby two years ago, but for like, I tried to get pregnant a long time ago and I, this was before doing any raw foods and it didn't work. It didn't work. And then like, so this time around, I didn't even try or anything. It wasn't planned, but it was, I really believe like, because I've been prepping my body for so long with these raw fats there, my hormones are just good. You know, it's just really important because once someone finds out they're pregnant, you, like the part be everything, the heart's already developing. Like there's no chance to be like, Oh, I need to eat raw butter. Now it's, it's already like things are moving. They're developing. It's really crucial for women to like prep their bodies beforehand a, a year if possible or, or longer, you know, with raw dairy for the hormones. So were you eating raw throughout your whole uh, pregnancy? Yeah. Lot, same thing. Like lots of raw dairy. Oh, I was in an article in Germany right on the headlines huge that I was harming my unborn child. They <laughs> me with like a pregnant belly and like eating raw meat or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, they like put me in their headlines. And I have a few people that follow me from Germany. And they're like, you're in this article about like harming your child. And, and like, I, he's super healthy. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I think it's I was wondering how much backlash you got, because I feel like especially in the pregnancy world, mommy world, people really like to shame anything that women do. Like, I mean, like any like any little decision, people are shaming each other. So I can only imagine what people were saying. 
Yeah. Well, they're against, I mean, a conventional doctor or conventional, even like a midwife that's like licensed by the state, they do have like, don't eat any green juice, like nothing raw. You must get like pasteurized green juice. So yeah, I had to have, they're afraid of bacteria and things that are backwards. Like the bacteria is good for us, but they're always, they're always afraid of germs or something. So were you also eating raw after he was born? Like, did you continue or when did you start including more cooked foods? Like you were, well, when I was pregnant, Okay, I had to, yeah, yeah, I had to eat 2,700 calories a day, which was like a job. I mean, I could not get that much food in my body. I'm like constantly. So like I, I included some white rice and different tortillas that are gluten-free, you know, like mm-hmm. so started eating some cooked foods. Yeah, just to get those calories in. And then it just remained. It's just not it's not such a high priority anymore. Like I'm not if I got sick and was really trying to heal from something, I'd be like downing the raw meat. But my priorities have changed and expanded, and I'm into so many things now. I mean, the raw dairy for us is still a priority, but yeah. So, 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 you're, what about when when your son was born? Is he raw? Well, you know now because he's how old is he now? He's 21 months. He's 21 so months. he eats a lot of raw dairy, mm-hmm. raw goat milk, raw cheese, raw cottage kefir. Like they love. They don't know sugar yet. So they love really sour things, pickles and kombucha and yeah. I saw I saw you post though. I think it was like an ice cream recipe, and I was like, that looks so good. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but that looked so good. Um, so well, when you first started, did you have a specific health issue you were trying to heal, or was it literally just like to feel better? Oh, like when I started the raw vegan. Yeah, yeah I never had a specific health issue. So, yeah, it definitely came from it. Like, I know a lot of people get really sick, and then this is, like, their awakening and their panacea Mm -hmm. to find new diets and things. But, yeah, so I I was pretty lucky. I just really wanted to have the energy and the glowing skin and those kind of things. And when you first went – so when you went from raw vegan to raw paleo, did you also go, like, carnivore, or were you still eating vegetables? So I just drink a lot of green juice. Then I, oh, I remember this guy in Venice Beach told, on the beach, told me that kale was bad for me. And like, you, you can't digest kale. And he starts explaining, which I believe now about like the cellulose wall is so thick and we can't break it down. And, and I remember being like, oh, this, this guy's crazy. Like kale was like my soup, main, my meat. And then like. I, I believe like I, I started doing more research and I realized like now we steam vegetables, we juice them or we ferment them. I'm not even eating I'm not even eating them raw. But yeah, we do a lot of green juice on the diet. Before I let Melissa talk more about her views on vegetables, which I'm sure you are very curious to know, I wanted to touch on another way we can get our bodies back on track to where they need to be, and that is by optimizing our circadian rhythm and really supporting our sleep. And one of the best ways to do this is to wear blue light blocking glasses, and that is why I love blue blocks, because blue blocks creates the only 
evidence-based 100% blue and green light blocking glasses. They are the only company that offers the full range of lens technologies, all backed by science. They manufacture and fit all of their lenses in Australian optics labs, not overseas, for the highest quality possible. They have about 20 different frames that you can pick from. You will definitely find some that you like. I love that these are actually stylish and not weird looking like a lot of other blue light blocking glasses. And you can even send in your own frames if you would like to do that. But really, it's the science behind these that make them so amazing. There are three different options. So the one that everyone needs are the Sleep Plus Red Lens. These are the only 100% true blue and green light blocking lenses for after sunset use. So these are going to help you improve your sleep, reduce your anxiety, help you relax. Blue light blocking glasses are just so important for deep sleep, better sleep, more REM sleep, as well as boosting your mood, reducing your anxiety during the day, reducing eye strain or headaches and balancing your hormones, everything from the hormones that regulate when we sleep as well as our hunger signals, our stress levels, it's all connected, and the blue light blocking glasses can help us balance all of their hormones. So everyone wants those red lenses, the Sleep Plus, and the red lens is a big, big difference from the orange lenses that a lot of other companies make. Trust me, I didn't even realize how big a difference it made until I started using the red lenses. You just put it on once and you immediately notice it is completely different. And then there is the blue light clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens for during the day. This is great for people who work under artificial light, but have plenty of natural light coming in. And this is really going to target the frequencies of light that cause migraines, headaches, digital eye strain, and macular degeneration. And then there's also the summer glow yellow lenses. And this is blue light blocking meets color therapy. So this is designed for daytime use for people who work under really intense artificial lighting. And they might suffer from migraines, anxiety, depression. These work by blocking the portion of blue light responsible for these issues and help to uplift the person's mood with color therapy. If you're not sure which glasses to get, if you're not sure about the blue light clear lens or the summer glow yellow lens, just contact customer support and one of the founders will tell you which ones are best for your situation. Personally, every day I wear the blue light clear lens when I'm working. I'm on a screen all day. I have blue light around me, but I have a lot of natural light because I work from home. So I wear the blue light lenses during the day and it makes such a big difference on my ability to work and focus and not have my eyeballs hurt and want to pull them out of my head. And then a couple hours before bed, well, really whenever the sun goes down, I move to the Sleep Plus red lenses so that I can still keep looking at screens and have lights on, but that's not going to affect my sleep. And then when I go to sleep, I use the Remedy Sleep Mask. And this is a 100% light blocking sleep mask that really helps to promote your sleep cycle. So getting enough REM and deep sleep, which I really need. And I never used to use a sleep mask because I felt like they didn't help me. And then I tried this and oh my God, my life has changed. This is 100% blackout and there are little cups. So, so it's not resting on your eyeballs. Like you could technically, technically open your eyes while you have it on and you'd, you'd be fine, but you you would just see black. And that's why it's so powerful and 
helps with your sleep so much. I will never go back. Everyone needs this. If you want to learn more about the science behind this, definitely listen to episode 230 with Andy Mant, the founder of Blue Blocks, because your mind will be blown. But wearing Blue Blocks is one of the simplest things you can do to completely change your health and optimize your sleep, optimize your circadian rhythm, and that totally changes your mood, your productivity, your hormonal balance, your weight. It affects everything. So I highly recommend investing in a pair of these and you'll have them forever. And like I said, they are, they're attractive glasses. There are so many different frames you can pick from. So you really can't go wrong. So if you are ready to pick up your pair of blue blocks, blue blockers, you can go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com. And use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. I've got my blue light blockers on right now. And I hope you do too. (laughs) But anyways, now that I told you about why you need some blue blocks in your life, let's go ahead and hop into the rest of this conversation with the one and only Melissa Hennig. Speak more to your beliefs around vegetables for people. Because carnivore (laughs) has exploded and everyone likes everyone's opinion. I'm curious what you think about vegetables. Oh, well, yeah. But so... But I feel like a lot of times they're a waste of money because I go to the store and they've been sitting on the shelf for so long. Like whenever we go and buy broccoli, we just feel like, why are we eating this? Like it's, it's just, Chris is always like, if I never had broccoli again in my life, that would be fine with me. (laughs) Cause so, so we're really into wild food. So we go out foraging and we find the wild greens and the wild berries and the wild herbs and things and plants because the nutrients are going to be so much higher than this cultivated food that I don't know what kind of soil it was grown in. I don't know how long it sat on the shelf. I don't know if it's really organic or what. So a lot of times I'm like, why am I like eating this? Like, <laughs> unless it's really going to be beneficial um, but I do like my green juice because I do believe that I would be too acidic if I only ate meat. And I like the greens for um, hydration, minerals, alkalizing. And also this guy that I follow, the diet, Ogenis, that he was really like raw eggs, raw meat, green juice, raw egg. Like he had this regimen, only three things kept, oh, and dairy. You know, so that was like a real, I learned through in that diet, it's called the primal diet. It was really big to have green juice, and I still do that. So tell me, like, what a day of eating would be like. I mean, maybe not right now because you're kind of doing other things, but, like, when you were in your the prime of your raw paleo phase, like, what was, like, what would you eat? Um, so I would wake up, up and always do, like, a green juice and add a raw egg to it and maybe some raw honey because raw honey is really full of enzymes as well and enzymes help things digest and assimilate better. Um, so you could just, like, drop the egg in the juice and shake it really, really good and it's fine. You can't taste it. Um, and raw eggs are also super health. There's a lot of benefit, health benefits, a lot of good cholesterol for the hormones again and fat-soluble vitamins are in the yolk. So... And then I would have like a fistful of raw meat, kind of just measure about a fistful. And then I would always have a lot of raw dairy. So I would have some raw cheese with some raw honey on the top, spread that on the top. (laughs) Um, And then a smoothie. 
there'd be a smoothie in in there with a like a raw egg. Sometimes I would put raw spinach in the smoothie. I still do that actually. A lot of we have a lot of smoothies. Still, it's a really good way to get raw eggs in, and they're so beneficial. They digest within 27 minutes. They digest fast. And then, um, gosh, like maybe a salad once every two weeks when I was really doing that diet. I, I didn't really need much. I didn't need a lot of salad. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it would be like the, the milkshake, the green juice, the fist of raw meat, and then raw dairy throughout the day. Okay. So I'm curious going from, I'm thinking of what people are going to think as they're listening to this. And I'm sure the idea of this scares people, not only because I, the, the raw thing, I think people can kind of get past it, but a lot of women would be really afraid to go from raw vegan, raw paleo, because I'm sure that was a big calorie jump. Mm. Well, you don't need nearly as much food. So the the calorie the calories are different and they simulate different. It's like you become more muscular and dense, but not like bigger at all. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, and definitely like raw fats way different than pasture cooked fat. So the the cheese like the dairy. I, there's a book called Butter Made My Pants Fall Off. I, I something like that because. Just like fat doesn't make you fat. Like most people are so fat deficient Mm -hmm. and they're dry and they have skin issues. And I'm always like, that's my number one thing. I still do some coaching and most people are not eating enough fat and their body like holds onto it because it's so such like a primal thing. We need fat for so many functions. And so they're not bringing any in and then their body won't like shed any. It's just like, like, oh, I got to hold on to these reserves. So... So how does someone know if they're not eating enough fat? Oh, well, some of the signs would be like kind of an an agitated anxiety feel like, um, like if you're dry on the, if you're dry on the outside, you're dry on the inside. And so the nervous system and the brain doesn't have enough lubrication. There's, it's just, you kind of get dried out. So that shows up in ungroundedness, anxiety, some skin issues, a lot of skin issues without enough fat. Um, a lot of people have hormonal issues. They can't get pregnant. So a lot of um, pregnancy things, they don't produce enough breast milk without without enough fat. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I also want to circle back to the cholesterol issue because I just want to keep bringing it back. I'm sure there are vegans listening to this. Oh, okay. Who are afraid of cholesterol. Can we get into why cholesterol is not to be feared? Yeah, I know. I haven't like looked at that in so long, but I cholesterol is our friend. Like our body manufactures cholesterol because we we need it. It's so important. We can't live without it. It does so many functions as far as like pre- manufacturing hormones. We wouldn't even have any of the sex hormones without cholesterol. And it's so good for our brain. I remember, oh yeah, it was an it's an antioxidant. It was like actually it's something you don't think about. But yeah, I, I just know that it's so good. People just demonized, started demonizing it for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fat and cholesterol are just like what we're made of. Yeah. And it's also like how recently everyone got afraid of eggs. And like you're okay. talking about how eggs are so amazing. Um, and I'm like, why are we just picking random foods to hate on? <laughs> Well, it's probably what they're like. If the chickens are eating corn and soy, maybe they really do have an allergy to eggs. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like whatever the chickens are eating, we're eating. 
Yeah, so let's talk more about sourcing. Like, if between, you know, the actual meat and eggs, dairy, like, mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they want to try this, what should they be looking for? Like, how do they make sure they're getting the best quality? Um, okay, so there's so there's the Weston A. Price site, and each uh, city has a local chapter. When I lived in L.A., I was a part of their local chapter. And then when you, when you sign up, they give you a resource list. So, like, that helps right away. They'll give you a bunch of farms with names and restaurants you can eat at that are Weston A. Price approved, which is gonna, going to be organic and grass-fed. Those are the main two things to look for on the labels. Um, but yeah, a lot of times I can tell at the farmer's market just by their setup. It's a real intuitive thing. Like if I can tell by the tablecloth, if they're telling the truth, you what do you mean? <laughs> well, you can like tune in to people that really care for like their setup or if they come kind of in these like, like crates with bright colors and like ripped tablecloths and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's organic. Or I don't know. I can just like tune in and feel if it's really, really organic after asking so many questions. But yeah, I mean, so organic and grass fed are the two things for raw meat and for raw dairy. What, what questions are you asking? (laughs) Well, I always ask uh, if they feed their animals any grain at all. You know, like, cause sometimes they've, they'll finish, like they'll, they'll do their whole life on grass and the last three, four months they decide they're going to feed them grain to fatten them up really fast. And then like right, that last three, four months literally changes all their fats, like changes back to all the omega sixes. It's not as, it's not as good. The fat, it, even like in us, like it doesn't even take that long to, to switch over. Like once, once we start getting healthy, like we notice changes really fast, like two, three weeks because the fats are changing over to the, to the good fat. You know, we're getting rid of canola oil and things and, and the cow is the same, like it happens really fast. So if it's not, you know, if they finish the last three months on grain, it's, it's so it's replacing all the good fats right away with omega sixes and things. And so I ask, you know, like, do you ever feed your cows grain? Are they grass fed and grass finished? So that's another way to, another term to look for is grass finished. If you want like the highest quality, again, like it's not going to hurt you to eat grass fed, but when you really want this, the highest healing potential, you want grass finished all the way through. So what about with like the dairy? How do you make, like, where can someone get, is it the same thing? Get high quality raw dairy? Yeah, there's a site called realmilk.com. And um, on there, you can put in your zip code and usually always find raw dairy sources. Mm -hmm. Uh, California sells raw dairy. And there's a couple of uh, Amish drops in California because I used to go every week and get boxes of raw dairy. Or like right now, we have it shipped. We have it all shipped to us. Wait, is it illegal in certain places? Yeah. Why? I don't know how many states are like raw dairy there's a big it's a huge like industry of raw dairy there's all the farmers are getting raided all the time yeah it's illegal so there's no sense to me (laughs) i don't know there's just a lot of rules and regulations around raw dairy they're like really afraid of it people are really afraid of it um that's insane well that's why people are afraid to eat it yeah probably because it's not legal right 
So you're not going to be able to get raw dairy if you just go to Whole Foods? No. <laughs> it's not there. But it would. But the Santa Monica Co-op would have it. Mm. So, like, smaller stores and co-ops have raw dairy. And, and the um, Organic Pastures is the brand in California, Mark McAfee. I've been to his farm, and it's really clean and nice. And so, like, they're, you, like it's the food... It's so much easier to source in California, especially because the raw dairy is legal there. Well, how is it in Arizona? Um, we have a couple raw milks at the little co-ops. And then I ask everyone, like I ask questions. We have a CSA. So I just went in and said, like, where can I find raw goat milk? And she gave me some lady's number. And I got to go to the farm and get it because they, they can't even sell it in their little store. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just ask around. So do you just, like, drink the raw milk, or do you, like, is that what you put in your smoothies, or how do you usually have it? Uh, both. Yeah, I give, so I give it to, in the bottle to my son. Mm-hmm. He drinks raw milk out of a bottle, <laughs> in, or a cup or something. And then, for me, I, I sometimes just drink, like, when I was pregnant, I drank a quart a day, because I really needed the, the fat, the cholesterol, and the fat-soluble vitamins that you can't really find those in plants, the A, D, and the K mm-hmm. that's in the milk. So that, like, I made sure I just drink it, and then now I just put it in smoothies. Okay. That's my, that's my base. They're really good smoothies. I, I can't imagine. I, I want to try one of your smoothies. Um, but I think one of the things also that people would ask me is, like, well, how do you, like, how do you eat it? Like, wh- how do you prepare it? Um, and so maybe you could give some tips on, you know, someone wants to get into this and they find high quality raw animal products. Do you have a suggestion on like ways to prepare it? Well, you could start with raw butter. Mm -hmm. So that's a really easy start. Like I I don't start people on raw meat because they're, Mm -hmm. that needs some hand holding. You don't just like go to the store, buy a package of raw meat and start eating it. Like I had someone make me mine the first time. You know, it's different than, like, raw butter is much easier. Mm-hmm. Or just even adding a raw egg to the smoothie. That's one way to prepare to get – so. and the raw eggs have to be pasture-raised, so not just free-range or cage-free, but, you know, that they're out in the sun and running around on grass and pasture. Okay. They're going to be a lot healthier. Um, so if you, if you have a smoothie and you add a raw egg to it and maybe put either, like, a kefir base – or a raw milk base in there. That that's super easy. And then I have rec- I have a book. There's recipes and like I have a raw butter pie. That like gets everyone on the diet. That <laughs> so, sounds so good. It's so good. It's just a bunch. It's like bananas, butter, eggs, honey, and vanilla. Just blend that up, and then you just make like this raw cream frosting, like the original cream. Oh you know. My God. Not- that sounds yeah. so good. Well, but what, okay, what if somebody is like ready to to go the meat route? Oh, they just want to go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, the best, the easiest way is you don't want to just start eating raw ground meat because so bacteria is beneficial, but it also is very detoxifying and it eats a lot of waste in the body and it's very cleansing. So some people like jump right into this raw meat and they get go into a detox. They start cleansing like just too fast. So. I tell them, like, if they start with steak, there's not as, not as much surface area for good bacteria to be on. And so it's, e- like, it's easier to start with just a piece of 
filet mignon, like a little, I don't know, how four ounces or something, cut it up really small. That really helps with digestion when things are cut really small. Mm-hmm. And then adding onions and olive oil and salt and pepper or whatever. What about like storage of this, like safe storage? I think people are concerned about. Do you have tips there? Um, yeah, you just put it in the fridge for three to four days. I wouldn't eat it past there. There are a lot of people that eat rotten meat. I don't know if you've heard of the rotten meat. No, what is that? What? <laughs> like on purpose? Oh, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's called high meat. You get really, really high because there's so much bacteria. And bacteria <laughs> does, like, probiotics help people's <laughs> moods a lot. They're really mood boosting. And so, yeah, like when I was back in that in that group, a lot of people ate high meat. I could, I never did. That was just <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. I've never heard of this. Wait. So, like, after four days, you could, that could happen? Well, they have a system to make it high. So they take a jar of raw meat, and then they put it in the fridge, and then they take it out, and they open the lid, and they get air in there because mm-hmm. air is going to cause some bacteria. And then they close it up, and then take it out, and they close it up, and, they, and it smells so bad. It's totally they, – they, like, make it rotten. I remember this one guy in Venice did it in buckets. <laughs> And, like, you'd go up to his house, it would be, like, buckets he'd be, like, doing. And it smelled so bad. That's insane. Wait, wait, why? Is this, like, a recent popular thing, or has this been? Yeah, it's been. Yeah, people that are into the raw food, raw meat diet, they definitely have heard of, like, the high meat. Wow. And, like, clear constipation, or, like, instantly, any digestive thing, because of the bacteria, it's going to move things. Well, I'm sure people listening are confused because most people have been taught to avoid the bacteria and they're afraid of eating raw animal products because they think I don't want to get a bacterial overgrowth or I don't want to get parasites. Right. Well, there's no... So parasites come from like... Oh, gosh. So this is like a theory that what parasites' number one job to do is to eat waste in, in the body or on anything. Like, they're just garbage disposals. They love waste. So when bodies are kept really clean on the inside, they're in clean environments, the parasites don't show up. But if they have a job to do, they come in and, like, eat a bunch of waste, and then they they just leave. <laughs> it's like the spontaneous come and go because they, they have this job. That's that's a theory about parasites, but also it's just really clean food. Clean, clean, like sourcing clean food. I've never heard of any parasites. I've never heard of anyone getting one like at all. Like all those years that I've been doing the diet and talking to all the people at the potlucks, and they've you know had hundreds of clients and nothing. But I did just think about when I went to the Bulletproof Conference. Um, what's the guy's name that that runs that? Dave. Dave Asprey. Yeah. So he actually was eating parasites. So like people would actually be eating them because they are such cleansers of the body. Like they eat so much waste so quickly and they're so efficient. So yeah, I mean, there's all these different like theories about parasites. But okay, with that theory, but what about like when people have parasites and they're in their body for a long time causing like major bloating and digestive issues and headaches? Well, they're probably still feeding them a food source, like some kind of carbs or bread or something that they're like eating on. Because if they don't have a food source, they don't stick around. Suppose you know this is like I, I'm not the scientist. Yeah, but. no, I think this is fascinating. Wait, so are you are you anti-carb? 
Um, I'm not today. I'm not right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was for different. I go through phases, like ebb and flow. But but yeah, I mean, I do think that the carbs is what the parasites eat and sugar. Yeah. My God, this is so interesting. I didn't. So when you mean when you say he was eating parasites, like like the bug or like things with parasites like how do you eat parasites i know that's a good question i feel like he was taking a pill but that doesn't make sense it was on like this big screen i don't don't remember i need to look into that that was at the bulletproof conference like yes yeah like yeah maybe google dave asprey eating parasites i haven't googled i don't know what will come up i'm gonna look that up yeah i don't know what's gonna come up but i remember like i remember like walking past and being like ah aha see like actually like do this because it's so cleansing but i mean it's i yeah so there's nothing i have no fear of any bacteria or parasites just i mean i also have never had any issues with it and i've eaten a lot of raw meat Mm -hmm. and um and like i said like my mentor has been eating it for 20 years and he's never seen anything anyone with parasites but, the, but, yeah, there is this whole other view that people actually like parasites. Yeah. Well, but you're also eating clean meat. Like, I have read people like, oh, yeah, I go to, you know, Safeway and pick up some meat off the – and I'm like, no. You, yeah. You don't, you don't do that. Um, that's not good meat. Um, what about – so earlier you had mentioned, like, anything that's really – really cooked or frozen is gonna be different in its structure right so are you against freezing the meat yeah I mean I I can't say like totally against but it, it like it is one of the things on the diet like you're supposed to have fresh never frozen meat mm-hmm. because it has not been changed at all or you know yeah it hasn't been like cha- it hasn't been changed it's in its total natural raw state and so I go to a butcher shop and I find out when they are going to do a slaughter or when it, well, harvest, that's a nicer word, when they're harvesting their next cow and make sure it's fresh and never frozen. And I tell them, I'm going to make steaks to go home and make steak tartare with this. I really want fresh. And they're like, oh, cool. And I can tell by their reaction if it's good meat or if they're like, oh, we really suggest you freeze it first and kill bacteria. So most of the time they're like, they think it's awesome. And then I know that this is a really good butcher shop. And a way to find that is that you can Google like a whole animal butchery. Mm-hmm. If they get the whole animal in, they're going to have fresh meat like that. Never frozen. It will have the most healing potential. How is the the freezing changing it though? Because isn't it just like preserving it as it is? It's changing the structure of the the. I don't know the protein molecule. I mean, if you, if you change, you know, like water, like it's, it's all, it's somehow, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I well also, because, you know, people say, and I thought this too, that when you freeze it, it could kill off any, any bad bacteria. Yeah. But my friend who's a culinary student, you know, she just told me like last week, she was like, you know, I, I thought that too, and then we learned in class that it doesn't do that. It just preserves it as it is. So people think they're freezing it, and it's killing things. It's not killing anything. It's just keeping it where it was at. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I mean, I heard it was killing it too, which I, I don't want it to kill mm-hmm. any enzymes or bacteria. Yeah, I don't know. I need, I should I should look into it more, but a lot, a lot of myths. Clearly, that, not that many people look into this, right? Because, like... Yeah, it's pretty different. <laughs> it's all underground. Well, is there anything raw that you avoid like anything that you're like i wouldn't eat that raw yeah salmon 
so I, I did eat raw salmon once and I got sick and that's Same. the only ever. Oh, you did too. <laughs> well, not this. Is, I mean, I used to always eat raw salmon, but the last time I had raw salmon, um, was a couple weeks ago and I got like food poisoning. I don't know. I was ill for three days. There's, there's something about salmon. Like, so there's five people in the raw meat group mm-hmm. and they all got really sick on raw salmon. It's the only time ever they all eat raw chicken, raw steak, raw fish, or, you know, any like white fish, halibut, sole, um, whatever kind of white fish. And they never got sick, but there's something on the salmon. Do you think that's because like, like because it's salmon or just because all of our salmon is totally messed up? It just carries some kind of parasite is what I like after I researched it, like for so long, it's hard to find information on this. It's just, it's got, I don't know. Salmon has a certain parasite that gets people sick. Something about this. Yeah. I mean, so many eat, so many people eat salmon as sushi. Well, they freeze it. Mm. So that, that goes to show that freezing, it does kill things. Cause yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. I need to, I need to follow up about that. Cause when she said that, I was like, interesting, but culinary school could be wrong. I trust <laughs> no one anymore. Well, can we talk about the raw chicken thing? Cause I feel like this is so controversial. Um, <laughs> I said I was eating raw chicken once, and people flipped out. And I had, like, a Daily Mail article written about me and how I'm a psycho because I eat raw chicken. I was just like, wow, this is, this is happening. Um, so, wh- wh- like, what do you – when you have raw chicken, how are you going about that? Why are you not worried about that? Um, so, raw chicken. So, if you think about a chicken that's in the right environment and just, like, running around in the grass and in the sun, like, there's just nothing. It's totally healthy. It doesn't – it's not sick at all. Like, I don't see how it's any different from me running around in the grass or from the cows running. Like, it's just a really healthy animal. And so, that that's the start is, like, sourcing it healthy. And then I make ceviche, um, you know – So I soak it, I cut it into little cubes, like half inch cubes, and I pour a lemon on it. So it's cold cooking it. Mm -hmm. So the the acid in the lemon is technically cold cooking it, but it's not extreme heat. There's no toxins forming in the, in the heat. There's no blackening of the chicken, you know, it's like the most gentle way, but it's still a little bit of acid in the lemon. And so when I'm done and I squeeze all the lemon out really good, I get like a piece of chicken that looks and tastes cooked. It's white. It feels cooked. It's just not cooked with heat. So the proteins aren't going to change at all. That's interesting. So would you suggest that method for people who are dipping their toes in this to begin with, like cold cooking? Yeah, well, not with meat, but with chicken. chicken. Yeah, the ceviche. Definitely. That's an easy way to do it. And then once it's cooked, cold cooked in the, in the lemon and you squeeze it all out, you could add celery and little apples, like chicken salad, whatever people put some kind of mayonnaise. So are you still, but are you still getting all the benefits of eating it raw with the cold cook? Yeah, mostly. I mean, some hardcore raw foodists just slice it up and just eat it like ceviche or what do you call it? Sashimi. Okay. and I have, and and it's good, but it's so freaky because we're so like, um, they're always telling us to not to eat it raw, you know? So it feels weird eating a piece of raw slimy chicken. The ceviche is much easier. <laughs> I, I don't know why I think 
I haven't had it in a long time. Um, but I just think raw chicken tastes so good. Like, I don't okay. I've, when I when I started eating like raw animal products, like I was like, I just I felt like I was on drugs. Like yeah. in a good way. I was like, these taste it tastes so good, like I, I don't know, it was really weird how good yeah, it I get it. There's a lot of B vitamins. Raw chicken's really good for the nervous system. It's really calming. And everyone these days is like so whacked out with these jobs and computers and phones. And, you know, and so it is really healing to the nervous system. Do you think that part of like the mental health benefits of this might also be um, the whole spiritual aspect of consuming like an animal that has been raised properly and, you know, like taking care of it in that way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a circle of life. Like something has to die for something else to live. Mm-hmm. It can't just keep, keep going on and, you know, thinking like we're just going to life, 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 life and no death. It's just such a part of the whole. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you you have a, a real spiritual connection to the food and to everything when you harvest your own. We just got our own sheep, shot it, gutted it, like butchered it, all of it, and, and ate it and cooked it. And it's the ultimate connection. Mm-hmm. And that's like spirituality. I mean, there's, everything's a spiritual experience. But when you have a connection like that, so intimate and really like seeing where your food comes from, because so many children and people just think that they go to the grocery store and food comes in plastic and and we're like teaching jeremiah like no like he saw the sheep he's super interested it's like hanging in the backyard dripping blood (laughs) um so so yeah i mean that's one way to have a spiritual experience around it yeah was that the first time you had done that like that whole process yeah yeah do you are you gonna do it again yeah, because we can't really know where our food comes from unless we go to the farm and, and do that. Yeah. So it's really like, yeah, I can't trust labels. True. Well, did you learn anything else from that experience? Um, let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, to really like have your own food like that. I mean, it took hours to do that whole process of picking it up and gutting it and and butchering it took hours. And so you really appreciate like every bite so much more too. It's not just this like no mind, you know, some people just mindlessly eat and have no idea like where it came from. So there's a lot of gratitude and mindfulness that that comes with doing something like that. And I just like saw the work that's involved. And it was like, wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So people are so disconnected to food sources and and what's involved. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's it's funny because I know you posted about that. Do you follow Mike Mutzel from he's Metabolic Mike on Instagram? Um, But he posts a lot about he's all about you know like they raise their own animals, kill their own food, they make all their own food, Um, and he, he shows a lot of that on social media and like like the chickens and like the cows and everything and people get really upset and a lot of his content has been blocked on social media he's like i'm just showing the experience because it's really important for people to understand where their food comes from um and like this is just how the circle of life you know but he he has also brought up like 
you know, the theory of, you know, we see so many mental health issues nowadays with people and how much of that is connected with, like, if you're eating sick animals, when they're unhappy and living a sick life, like, does that get transferred to you energetically, spiritually, versus when you're eating, you know, animals that lived happy lives, um, that type of energy, when you eat that, you, you get that. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, that makes a lot of sense too, right? Because there's, I remember when I was vegan, people were really worried about the the fear, the adrenaline or some kind of like chemical that the animal produced right when they were yeah. like, you know, getting like corralled and they knew they were going to die. And they like, so supposedly like that was in the meat, but, but seeing it this way, there was literally like when he shot the sheep, they were all around. They had to like pick out and like none of them flinched. They just kept on eating. Like no one was scared. No one was like, it didn't look like there was any adrenaline or fear. It was like really natural when I saw I'm like, wow, none of the other sheep seemed to care. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually at Paleo FX this year, Keith Norris was talking about that, how he was saying like, uh, from killing his own, like killing animals, he can taste a difference in an animal that knows it's about to die versus if it's just a clean shot and mm-hmm. di- didn't see it coming. He's like, you can literally taste the difference. Um, like, like the blood is different because the <laughs> adrenaline's been pumping if they know they're being chased. So that's yeah. super interesting to me. We need some like side by side taste testing or something. Yeah, I never really like. I, I mean, it's, the meat tastes really good though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um so after having been raw for so long, introducing cooked foods again, like was that hard on your digestive system or did you notice anything with that? Did it taste different? Sometimes yeah, sometimes I get off track. I, the d- digestion is a big thing amongst many women I noticed more than men. Like it's like one of like the main like the challenges people will call me with is like digestion. And so, but yeah, even like, like now, like we get off track and have too much raw chocolate or these, you know, the Jackson's honest potato chips and we're like, okay, that's it. Like we need a break. Breaks are really necessary when, when I start like eating good food, like a cooked food, like coffee breaks are necessary. Chocolate breaks are necessary. So like we, we know we are really in tune to these things. Like, okay, my digestion feels a little off. I need to take a break. You know, so stuff like that and and portion size, just not overeating is huge. Okay. Wait, where do you get raw chocolate? Oh, so the co-op, Whole Foods has it. It'll be. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. um, Honey Mamas. Oh, yeah. I love Honey Mamas. You know that. Yeah. So good. Um, Yeah. So with the digestion, you know, you mentioned a lot of women coming to you. What, What do you think for most people, do you see a commonality between what you think is the root cause of that? Um, I think a lot of it's emotional because the women tend to hold on to a lot of worry and stress and anxiety. Like they're literally like holding on to their shit mm-hmm. and then like something will happen where they have this release in life or like some, uh, you know, something great happens and then they just like, let, they're like, Oh yeah. And then I went to the bathroom. <laughs> wow. Like you were holding on to it. Yeah, so when you're working with somebody who that what how do you help them release that? Well, sometimes it's like a, a lifestyle change, like really like looking at what's causing this anxiety and you know, what's what's burning out your adrenals and what's happening. And so it's such like a case to case 
um, situation. Okay, interesting. Uh, do you, when you're working with people, do you like recommend they all go raw? No, I mean, I have to like see their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I recommend a lot of nature. A lot of them are not like taking in nature. That's like the vitamin N deficiency because that's just so healing for depression. There's like all this science behind just going in nature now. Mm-hmm. Even like people, it helps with digestion. It's just so calming to the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what was the main? Oh, do I have them go raw? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about food. A lot of them do smoothies and raw eggs, and a lot of them are, are they're already like pretty extreme when they find me. Yeah, I like, bet. Super. Yeah, they're like I've been eating raw meat for years, and this, and I have a few questions, you know. So they're like already pretty raw. Mm-hmm. I, I would like someone that's like want some like simple health coaching and they're like super radical when they find me, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, I don't get people who are eating raw, but I feel like all the people who find me, they're like the most complicated cases have been to 50 doctor. And I'm like, wow, I've never had someone who's just like a simple, right. like let's take out gluten. Right. <laughs> I wish, but it doesn't work like that. Um, okay. So I have two final things I want to wrap up with first. What would you consider to be superfoods? Hmm. Raw eggs, raw eggs, raw butter, um, anything wild harvested, like any type of herbs from, from nature. Um, like let's see, we find grape leaves on our walks and pine nip um, pine needles like the tips mm-hmm. like the most vitamin C you will find concentrated at the tips of the pines and like so much if you can get into wild foraging that's definitely superfoods but raw eggs and raw butter okay well that was the last thing I wanted to talk about the wild foraging I know nothing about this how how did you learn about like which herbs and plants to to look for and like all the things related to that uh well I started with herb walks in my area there's usually like people putting them on in your probably Topanga by you or something you know but yeah so going on herb walks because you really need to learn plant identification that's a really big thing like some of them will kill you yeah some of them are super healthy so like it's really important and so I just learned I Anytime I meet an herbalist, I ask them to take me out on a plant walk, and they usually just like take me out, and go hiking or whatever. And so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm still learning too. I'm still like I, we move a lot, so every area I'm like, okay, I need people to take me out. It's like really, I mean, there's books. Mm-hmm. Some one herbalist is like, well, go to your local library and check out every single herb book on the shelf, and wow. and you'll, you'll learn about it, you know. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't do that, but <laughs> that's so cool. Well, so what are some of your favorite herbs, um, like to highlight for people? Or you talk a lot, also a lot about like you know using herbs as natural medicine. Like, what do you? Which ones do you like the best? Yeah, well, usually whatever's local to the area is usually going to be the most medicinal for the for the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wild flowers are in season in now like the summer. And so you want to like gather all your things now. So you have medicine for the winter. That's like what there's no, like, well, you're in California. It's different, but when there's snow on the ground, there's no medicine anywhere. So there's like this really, really busy season right now. And like, I just harvested yarrow. It's really good for women's 
um, menstruation and it stops bleeding immediately if you put it on your cuts. And it's like a really good medicine to have around. Um, and that's just like local. I'm sure that that's actually probably everywhere, but like nettles really popular and um, you can just cook with a bunch of culinary things. Rosemary is really good for circulation and sage is like anytime I'm on a hike and there's sage, I always like use it as a hand sanitizer. It's super antibacterial. And then I just um, started like handcrafting a bunch of wild things. And, and one thing is oil, body oiling. So like I'm saying to eat all the raw fat too, if, if people are agitated, usually like summer towards fall, people can't sleep. They're just feeling agitated. Something's really changing in their body and they're dry. Mm -hmm. They're dried out. So, you know, if you like right before bed, put on an herbal oil, you're like feeding your skin, the herbs, you're feeding your nervous system, the fat from the oil, and it's just really healing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I always soak the plant in the oil and strain it out and make this at home and put it on. Yeah. And it's like the best self-care practice too. You get to really know your body when you oil it every day. Yeah, I bet. Well, also even do, I see you do like flower water. What, what flowers do you put in there and like what, what is the, the benefit of the flower water? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of energy in the flower because when there's a full moon, all the water in the plant, just like the water in the body or the water in the ocean, it just like comes up to the flower. Mm -hmm. It's pulled up. And so the flowers have a lot of energy and medicine in them. And I just, you just put it in your water and let it sit overnight. And it has a lot of flavor. It has a lot of, so the last thing I did was the wild oregano flower. There are these purple flowers. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was really good. But people do like lilacs. I, I, I didn't find them by me. Okay. Um, Rosa. I mean, you could probably do it with so many flowers. Okay, cool. But just for people listening, you have to be out like in the wild. I feel like someone's going to go out to their <laughs> like oh. their yard and grab a flower. No. <laughs> right. So so like I made some um, a rose oxymel, a wild rose oxymel this year. And that's just vinegar, honey, and wild roses. But you can't, like, get roses from a florist or a flower. They are so heavily sprayed. And in anything from 50 feet from the roadside has road dirt, road dust, lots of sprayed areas. So you really, yeah, you definitely want to, like, pick the right wild food that's, like, in the middle of the forest. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. I think that's so cool. I want to go on an herb walk. I need to I need to go look that up. I, I think plant, like, it's so incredible, and people have forgotten about this type of medicine, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole, like, world of it. Because I've been so focused on the food mm-hmm. and nutrition and diet for 10 years, and now I'm, like, really, like, learning the last six months so much about plant medicine and it like really keeps your brain moving and healthy and functioning too. Cause it's like, you're, there's so much to learn. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I can imagine. I think also with the food, like the nutrition at some point, do you ever just feel like kind of bored? Like you're like, I already know. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm tired of talking about the food, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've been talking about food for so long Yeah, and raw butter. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Love like getting to the nature connection, and then I just got a book called 
the life of trees and how they all talk to each other. And I mean, like, not, but they like, like grow sap and they're all connected, communicating all the time. And like the forest, like one tree by itself dies, but the whole forest flourishes because they're literally like helping each other out all the time with different things. And so there's like, once you get into plants, and flowers and it goes into the tree it just keeps going yeah that makes sense well it also makes sense why you love like living in areas like that you know I think about you're talking about how most people are like deficient in nature right and I like where I live I don't need I would I have to drive like 20 minutes to really be in nature right yeah it's hard you can bring some house plants in the house though Yes. You know, there's ways to, like, bring it in. <laughs> Definitely. We we can all get some more greenery in our life, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I had so much fun chatting with you and learned so much. Uh, so can you tell everyone where they can get more from you, connect with you? Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I do. I have a website, rawpaleo.com, and I sell the wildcrafted products and I blog and there's the YouTubes and things on there. And then my main platform is Instagram and it's my name, Melissa Hennig. And I, I still just love Instagram. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to connect with people and share. And I love following you. So. Oh, thanks. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much to Melissa for coming on the podcast. If you want to connect with her more, you can find her on Instagram at Melissa Hennig and also head to her website, robpaleo.com. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. So make sure you comment on my recent Instagram post and or post about it in the Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. I would love to have you there. If you enjoyed the show or found it interesting, I would love it if you shared it on social media. You could tag me, Melissa, and Wellness Wellness Podcast so that I can say thank you. And if you're in a giving mood and you haven't already, go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes to show your support. It will only take you a minute and it helps me spread the word about the show. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you found this one as interesting as I did. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day and rest of your week. I'll chat with you again next time. Bye.